Thank you for listening to Room 9, my daddy's podcast. Hope you enjoy. If you would like to help Room 9, please visit their support page. You can listen to Room 9 on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to visit our Instagram and Facebook page. Please like it. Room 9, if you better yourself, you better the world. Hello, hello, hello. It is Monday, and it is time for another episode of Room 9. And in this wonderful episode, I sit down for, I believe, the third time with the love of my life, my BFF, my number one supporter, encourager, and motivator, Christine Glavy. And we just really had a discussion around how she has gotten through this social distancing period of her. She's a teacher. Her work has been obviously closed down. It's closed down for the rest of the year. And she just talks about how she's gotten through that, how we have to embrace uncertainty, how we can't really help how we feel, but we can help how we react slash respond to that. And just about the importance of naming your emotions, because lots of times we feel a certain way and we don't even know why or what it is. So in order to actually change what we do and how we feel, we have to at least name it first. And that is the basis of our conversation. So I hope you enjoy this. Look for lots of lots of good stuff coming out. Right now, I'm just starting a little video on family and addiction. And I'm just going to talk with actually Christine, my mom, my sister, and really kind of get their points of view on basically what would they tell themselves if they could go back in the beginning of my addiction? What would they tell them themselves that they wish they knew back then that they know now? And that is what's going on. Lots of other stuff happening. I have a big project that I'm slowly planning out. This is kind of my midterm kind of goal, not necessarily a long-term goal, but a medium goal that I really want to plan out very carefully and make this a, a big project. So this is all happening. Stay tuned for lots of good stuff. I will be talking to you next Monday. And that episode, I'm sitting down with a friend who's also been on here several times, Matthew Oliver, and he talks about his most recent struggles throughout mental health and the addiction process. So I will talk to you soon. Room9podcast.com. Check out what we got going there. Hit me up if you need anything. Stay busy. Find stuff that you love to do and just do it. All right. Peace out. Much love. Later. Yes, it's been um, some weird times around here. Very weird times. Social distance. How long have you been off of work for? Uh, March 13th was my last day, that Friday, March 13th. That's crazy. It's almost May now. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Getting close to May. What is it? The 26th, 27th? 28th. 28th today? Wow. I'm way off. Yep. A little behind way off yeah yeah that's crazy so yeah i guess we can talk about how you've uh what you've done to stay sane throughout the last however almost two months Mm -hmm. six weeks yeah kind of what you've done to keep your mental health together yeah it was on a 
It was shaky in the beginning. After the first few weeks, I know you yeah, were kind I was of struggling. struggling. I was really struggling. Yeah, that was, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I'm a creature of habit and I feel usually my time is pretty full. And when it wasn't, I felt the need to fill it with just any email that would pop up about offering a class or <laughs> a meditation or some form of exercise. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I got time. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then I was just completely and totally overwhelmed. Because you didn't end up doing anything? No, or? I did. But then I felt like then I had to do it, which I really didn't have to do anything, which I think is the biggest thing that I was struggling with is mm-hmm. I didn't have to do anything. i wanted to sign up for all these things and then realize like that you're not going that you don't really want to do them or no i really did want to do them but i felt then i felt overwhelmed but that was of my own making like i was really overwhelmed with nothing i was overwhelmed with the fact that i was signing up for all these new virtual things because i was like i have all these time i'm gonna do all all of this time, I'm going to do all of these things I've always wanted to do. And then it became too much. And then it became too much. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. And then, you know, that sadness over the routine, like not knowing what to do. I didn't know. I mean, I've never taught virtually and we were just told teach virtually. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of things thrown that were out of the comfort zone. So mentally I was struggling. Yeah. So I guess you haven't been on here for a while. So... We can let people know you're a teacher. I am. Schools were one of the first things to get cut, right? Or no? Yeah. Um, but it was like changing by the hour. You know, that week before we closed, March 12th, we had this big meeting and they canceled our school musical and they said they're saying no because it started with you couldn't be in groups more than 50. And this was after school. Okay, that's and, right. Yeah. You know, everyone was trying to figure out how that was going to shake down with the cafeteria and what we were going to do. So this was like Thursday, March 12th at two o'clock. And then we came in Friday morning at seven o'clock and there was an announcement, big meeting at 715 before students come in. And in that short window of time, they were told us get packets of work together that will last at least two weeks for the kids. We're going to alter the schedule. Like everything was changing by the hour. Yeah. And they had said, we don't know if we're coming back on Monday, but this is a just in case. And then we weren't back on Monday. You haven't been back since. Yeah, We haven't been back since. So, you know, when I left on Friday, was under the impression that at least the teachers were going to be back, that we were going to just because I couldn't wrap my mind around. We're just not coming back. So Mm -hmm. I assumed, you know, maybe the kids won't be here, but we'll be here. So I'll get anything I need at that point or I'll get other stuff. And that hasn't Nothing. been possible. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, that has not been possible. So yeah, that's that was like kind of the beginning of the whole don't go anywhere and mm-hmm. economy shutting but down. But it still was done. We- it was an odd thing because my son wasn't home from college yet because they said colleges were still in session until the 16th. So they were like, there's this danger that we need to send college students home, but not for a week and a half. Even that was weird. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he ended up getting it was just like a gradual hour by hour changing of circumstances just because no one knew what was going on. And to be honest with you, I don't think anyone still does. No, Um, they have no idea like how to handle this and what to do. And and it. Oh, I mean, like I've always shared, I don't envy the people in charge because on one hand, you have this serious thing that's going on. And on the other hand, like people are struggling financially don't know what to do so many people like i grew up working in a kitchen most of my life and i would say 90 percent of those people live paycheck to paycheck so to not have a job 
and not be able to work. A lot of a lot of people have to be struggling right now. So I see that kind of balance of I, well, you don't want to rush anything. People need to get tested. We need something to people need to work because they're running out of money to buy food. The other problem, too, is I know it's difficult for people to admit, especially people that are in charge to admit because they don't want to instill any kind of panic. But no one knows anything. Yeah, I know. No one knows anything. And there's no degree of certainty over anything. No one knows anything. I mean, everyone's flying by the seat of their pants. I mean, no one knows anything. So anyone that comes out and says it's going to go this way is the last person that I would listen to because no (laughs) one knows what what way it's going to go. Like anyone that comes out with any sense of certainty. And I think that's what rattles people. I mean, it rattles people if we're not even talking about a pandemic, but a topic on here we've talked about a lot about embracing that uncertainty. That's not a comfortable thing at all. No, it's not. But it's one of the best things you can do to feel better. And right now, I almost think this is one of those big lessons that we're all supposed to be taking away is that nothing is certain. And let's you got to make yourself okay with it, because other than that, it's still uncertain and you're just not okay with it. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) mean, it's not going to change. One day you're teaching, next day you're everything is shut down. So, yeah, just like that. And I, it'll be interesting going forward because I feel as if for a little bit anyway, this is going to be the new normal. So it's kind of shifted. Mm-hmm. I mean, my thing with teaching that I would probably say my students would agree with is the personal connection. Mm-hmm. What I establish with my kids, digital is not personal. The only thing I have is I've had them for seven months so we know each other personally like if this was september and i didn't know these kids i mean to me that would be pointless like now i know that i know them but still to reach out to them like in any message i send if a student sends me a message and says hey i just turned in this can you check it out no matter what context they send something in i say i hope you're doing well i miss you like that personal connection is really Mm -hmm. tough for me because that's the biggest reason that i do it and digitally it is very tough (laughs) to (laughs) keep to maintain that i mean it's easy because these kids know me and i know them at this point now but if this were september starting with a whole new group which is a possibility and i don't know who they are they'd be like who's this weirdo telling me they miss me and asking (laughs) like i mean my kids know that's how i am but if it was a new group like creeper yeah (laughs) why is she sending me a heart emoji (laughs) weirdo (laughs) be some uh charges filed there i know (laughs) But I, as much as on certain days I've complained about going into work or waking up or whatever, I do miss that. I do miss that. You I do. You're love the, my job. You're a bring the same exact lunch every day to a, oh, yeah. to work like, person. Yeah. Like my routine when I am working mm-hmm. is extremely regimented from the time I wake up, from how I get ready yes, <laughs> to what is. I eat I've, all day. I've learned how to do that in my life a lot from you and seeing that. This whole thing of not having any sense of order or routine is against everything I believe in. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and it's so easy in a time like this to do absolutely nothing mm-hmm. productive. Like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to literally sit around all day. And I think in the mental health world, that is like the worst thing you can do. I struggle to sit down. Like, I don't watch mm-hmm. much TV unless I'm 
forced. Like it's very rare that I'm sitting there. You know what I mean? Because I feel like I need to be up and doing something to be considered productive. So this whole that's why I think in the beginning I was so overwhelmed because I was like, all right, I can't have any downtime. I'm going to sign up for this, this and this. I'm going to do yoga at this hour. I'm going to watch this video at this hour. And then I was like losing my mind because there was so much because <laughs> there was so much out there. I mean, in the beginning, even still now, there's so many things that people are offering for free. And, mm-hmm. you know, as and I just felt I needed to take advantage. Like, when else am I going to be able to do this? I'm going to take advantage of everything. And then I just felt like <laughs> I was overwhelmed, but I was overwhelmed by nothing, really. I was overwhelmed by no obligation whatsoever. And I was str- I mean, there were a couple of times, you know, I was crying and I just was like, it, and yeah, it's all, were, I, I was really, struggling. I was really struggling mm-hmm. and it wasn't over anything real. You know, I wasn't sick. My family wasn't sick. <laughs> I've been fortunate economically. You signed up for too many Yeah. But that's what I mean. You know, my mental health is in jeopardy because I, it's that loss of routine. And, you know, at least as much as I try to embrace uncertainty now I think I've done a better job of embracing it, but you have that, well, I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to go to work. I have my lunch. <laughs> like I, And then it's like, nope, now you don't you have don't. any. Now you don't. So yep. you thought you dealt with uncertainty. We're going to throw another one at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's always how it seems how to go. Always how it seems to go. There we go. Yeah. So yeah, it was a mental health struggle. I mean, it still is at certain times. Yeah. So let's um, go through how you adjusted to it. Like, where did that where did that kind of finally start? I know it was probably what was it three, four weeks ago? I yeah, feel like when you started to lose it to well, I think more so get a hold of it. Yeah, like back come back around. Yeah, to it was a good two weeks for out. me where I felt overwhelmed. Where I, yeah, where I yeah. felt overwhelmed. And it was funny because it was the least busy I have been in the longest time I can remember, but Which is felt funny, the yeah. most overwhelmed with the least amount of things that I had to do. I'm sure there's so many people who have gone through that mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I have found I've been in my element. I've just been loving every second of it. Well, you work from home. Yeah. And you've not much put I, yourself yeah. in. Yeah. Not much changed for you. I have actually more people around me than I normally do, which it's like, leave. Don't you got to go to work? Right. When are they going to get this these people back to work? <laughs> Yeah, I have realized that I would not be a good candidate to work from home. And if I'm forced to for the extended period, uh, I need to make some changes. <laughs> yeah. So how did the how did the kind of the better, more positive mental shift come about for you? What's your secret? <laughs> My secret. What'd you do? <laughs> crying was first. And then I was like, what am I crying about? <laughs> you are an asshole. <laughs> that's really where it started yeah i mean that was my biggest thing after i was done crying then i started so terrible yeah (laughs) my life is so terrible yeah i cried and then laughed at myself after i cried for taking all of it way too seriously (laughs) (laughs) and myself way too seriously Yeah. yeah i mean as you know a lot of times whether it's yoga or whatever form of exercise that's like a stress outlet but i feel like i was doing that too much (laughs) As a stress outlet, I'm like, I'm going to look like John Cena when this is all done (laughs) (laughs) because (laughs) um, as you also know, I am a big meditator and Mm -hmm. there were, you know, that I think brought me back, I think, close to a healthier mental state because I found in those two weeks when I was overwhelmed and I was meditating, I was like crying (laughs) during my meditations. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it was like the outlet that I had. But I would say that was one of the biggest 
ways. And I would say also, to be honest with you, like admitting it and talking to people about it. Like I said it to you, you know, mm -hmm. I said, I'm just completely overwhelmed. I feel like I'm losing my mind. I said it to a couple of friends and I think hearing other people express it and other people say, you know, that they were there too, or, you know, just try this. Or, right. You. Yes. I think just saying it, because for me, you know, I always consider myself someone who like thrives on being busy and overwhelmed is not usually something that I say. So I think it was tough to like say, to identify what it was. I think I yeah. had to sit with it for a little bit to figure out what it was because I was just miserable. And I'm like, what is this? You can't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't name it. And that's why, that's why I always talk about observing yourself, finding out what it is you need to work on, because before you find it and name it, you can't do anything with it. No. Because you have no idea what it is. And I think that's really kind of the hardest part of it is finding it and admitting it and saying it. Just like with everything in life, you know, that's a cl stupid cliche in the, uh, the addict world. First step to admitting. Yeah, you, know, you can't, you know, until you get out of denial mode, you can't change anything. So that goes with goes for anything in life. If you're feeling something, naming it starts to take the power away. Right. And that's kind of where it, change can begin. I think, too, it's it goes along with what you said. It's a pride thing, too, because I always pride myself on being pretty even keel and not too reactive in most situations. Not all, obviously, but it definitely was a hit to my pride to say that I was overwhelmed because and it was somewhat embarrassing because I'm thinking, what the frig am I overwhelmed with? Mm -hmm. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a first responder. <laughs> like, like it's almost embarrassing to say you feel that way when I guess according to societal norms, you shouldn't. I think this is a common thing because it's almost like we like we don't have control on how we feel. We can figure out how we deal with how we feel, but no. we have no control over like you didn't decide to be overwhelmed. No. Like, oh, I'm going to be overwhelmed with nothing. <laughs> but I and, could have stayed overwhelmed and been an asshole and continued that without, I guess, identifying it and naming it yeah. and dealing with it, which is mm -hmm. how I've gone through most of my life. Which is why it's so important. I mean, there's that. And then there's that, like you said, you're embarrassed to even feel this way because I shouldn't feel this way. And I think that's an important thing to get across to people because it's okay. You have every right to feel the way you do, no matter what your circumstance is. Like I even think of Mary and, you know, when we were talking about her soccer games getting canceled or or break up with her boyfriend or whatever. It seems so tiny to an Adele, but she has every right to feel the way she does because that's important to her and her life and what she's going through. And anybody else who's feeling a certain feeling has every right to feel that that way. Right. But how you react to it, how you deal with it, obviously is the important part and that's okay. So A, it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling. You have to find it, talk about it, and then you can go from there. Right. To figure out that change. And you're not going to stop judging other people until you stop judging yourself. No. I mean, that's really another key. You know, I think I was judging myself like for feeling that mm -hmm. way. And then I'm thinking, why? Like, yeah. Give yourself permission. It is what it is. Yeah. To feel something. Yeah. Right. It's just a tough, I guess when it's a new emotion, it's a, it's a tougher one to deal with. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, I don't think, I mean, our society is very reactive. I think everything in our society what you know social media being the prime example it's it's ripe with reaction where you know i'm gonna like this or i'm gonna comment on this or i'm gonna do this right away where if you sat back for 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> 
I think a lot of comments or whatever, your reaction would be totally different. And I think all of this slow, everything slowing down is, I feel driving like purpose- people nuts. Yeah, it's yeah. driving people nuts, but I feel like it's a purposeful thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've identified for me, it you know, that's for everyone else to figure out, but I feel collectively this is a purposeful slowing down. And not many people feel comfortable sitting with themselves, which is no. why social media is so big and why binging on Netflix is so big because it's a hell of a lot easier than sitting with yourself and mm-hmm. <laughs> figuring out you and what's going on. It's way easier to just comment, like, binge. Yeah. Argue with somebody on Facebook. Right. Why would you want to sit and figure out yourself? <laughs> and I think a lot of people have so much extra time, so they're filling it with all of these other methods of avoiding figuring yeah, it out. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there. We kind of just talked about that too, how like addiction, so much addiction out there. It might not just be to drugs, but there's so much escapism mm-hmm. and addiction out there. And it's even tough, I mean, when you're stuck in your house and you have to be there. I guess it's kind of tough to distract yourself as much. I think there's still a ton of distraction and people figure that out. But like, yeah, sitting with yourself is tough. It is. And that's why I sent you the picture of the Russell Brand quote when he was talking Mm -hmm. about addiction, because, you know, a lot of people when they hear addiction, think of drugs, alcohol, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. But it slapped me in the face of how many addictions I actually have. And do I want to work on them? You know, the first step is recognizing them. But holy cow, when you frame what the definition of addiction is yeah, and you really sit back as an outside observer and look at your behavior, you're like, yeah, I'm addicted to that. I mean, take your phone. I would say 80%. I would even go higher than that of people are addicted to their phone. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I would fall into that category. I mean, I it's yeah, I would fall into that category. And most of the time, it's nothing. You're not even doing no. anything. You're just watching videos of cats right. jump from zucchinis that are planted behind them. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> one of the first things I did after watching that Russell Brand thing, because that was one of the things he used as an example of an addiction. What, like the phone? He, the phone thing. Yeah. And just turning off the sound so that you're not alerted when a text message comes when in or something comes, comes up. Yeah. And just like... Before I'm even going to tech, like just observing when you go to grab it, what do you, what do you look at? What are you grabbing your phone for? Mm-hmm. Like just shutting off alerts or shutting off the sound. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Silent. How much less you go to use it, but it's an addiction. I mean, I pick it up and look at it, not as much, but even with the sound off. Just to check. Just to yeah. check. And mm-hmm. I don't even, I'm not on Facebook. I mean, the only social media that I really have is Instagram. I do have Twitter, but I don't look at it because it's just angry. <laughs> and I noticed I can't look at it because I'm like, why am I looking at this? To It just makes me angry. I mean, I could see where someone's on it all day. And then when, you know, I have an iPhone, so when Apple sends you those weekly, this is how much per day your average or whatever you've been on your phone. Oh, that it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, there's no way. And I start arguing with the data. With the data. <laughs> With the numbers, no like, arguing I wasn't on with the much. numbers. <laughs> oh, I know, I do that too because I don't feel I, I feel the same way. Like I'm mostly anything I need to do on my phone. I feel like I do on my computer when I'm working, and I still feel like there's no way. How have I been on my phone that much? 
Oh, and like I start making crazy. up excuses right away when that weekly report comes in. Yeah. I make up excuses right away. Like, oh, I think I had it open for an exercise app. And that must have taken up the majority. There's no way I was on that much. <laughs> and I make up excuses as soon as I see the numbers. That's it's what's crazy. funny. Yeah. I, I must have been meditating for that long all day. There's no way I was looking at anything else. <laughs> Because I'm extremely enlightened. I wouldn't look at my oh phone. Oh my gosh. Much. I know it's nuts. But I start the reaction as soon as that weekly report comes in. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many distractions. It would really be amazing to just go away for a week, not have your phone, not like, you know, just be off the grid, so to speak, mm -hmm. in nature, in the mountains, and then come back and just see what your relationship is. Oh, I'm sure it's so different. If it goes right back. It's so different. Yeah. I'm sure. It, I don't think it would go right back, but it's only a matter of time. I mean, really, it, it kind of sucks because I feel like you, I mean, you need, like, pretty much I'll need a cell phone. But it's funny because I grew up without them. Yeah, I know. And I didn't need but them. But today is so, it's so centered around instantaneous stuff, essentially. I mean, everything. Right. It, I mean, even with my emails, I got to just like block schedule when I look at emails because it's so easy to be editing a video or a podcast or, you know, learning something and click on your email and get stuck back in it again. Right. And just you're just wasting time. And whether that's Facebook, whatever it is, I mean, I don't spend too much time on I spend the least amount of time as I can off of social media stuff probably need to spend more time as far as like promoting room nine stuff goes but emails are my my black hole yeah i that would be the same for you know mm -hmm. I definitely start checking and the marketing and the consumerism behind them definitely is some yeah. is another aspect that i realized after watching and listening to that russell brand when he talked about consumerism and how if i'm bored or if i'm not feeling particularly good about myself on a certain day Hmm, let's buy something. And then it makes me feel good for two seconds. And then an hour later, back to the, I'm back to the I same see old. the email that says your order. And I'm like, why did I order that? <laughs> I don't even like it. It does. It's, it's crazy. But I know that that's an addiction of mine as well. And I it feels good in the beginning. And then not even an hour later, like, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. I was never really like that until now, until the whole camera gear thing. And I, I wait at least 48 hours to double check to make sure I actually like, is this going to benefit my company to move forward? Because it's so easy to anybody who knows anything about camera gear and it's like they know it's terrible. Like you just want it all. And so it's so funny. It's like I try to wait 48 hours before I make a decision whether or not I actually even need it or not. So it's kind of try to what I do because you can be watching. I can be watching some you know, you know, lesson on how to edit something on YouTube and they talk about a piece of gear. Oh, that's so awesome. Mm -hmm. And you want to get it. And then if you do and you, it's not really something that's going to help you or you need, it's like, what a waste. Yeah. But so, I mean, so many of us do that and something to really pay attention to, even with the whole stimulus check thing. I heard, you know, e-commerce went up like crazy recently and because people are spending their checks on stupid right. shit like, it, i mean just... that's the other thing i know it, it more out of just by the fact that the ability wouldn't exist but going into nature for a week not having your phone or access to the internet i probably wouldn't even think about buying anything no no i mean maybe i would but i'd recognize it and it wouldn't be a possibility and it would go away but it's so easy mm -hmm. it's so easy to do especially 
It's, you can do it on your phone in a matter of seconds. Correct. I mean, you can have something on, on its way. Two days, 48 hours, it'll be there. I think in the beginning, too, the other thing is the access to information and the fear of missing out. The FOMO is real. And I felt in the beginning when everything, I mean, everything still is uncertain. Mm -hmm. But what's going on in the news? What's the report? And constantly watching, having screens going. And it's just completely counterproductive. I think that was one of the biggest things in the first two weeks I had to realize, too, is you need to shut it down. Mm -hmm. And I think that helped me not, even though I would probably say, oh, I'm a critical consumer of the news, just having it on and hearing about whatever, 26 deaths in one night, if you're you know, watching the county report and the governor and watching all this, it's still contributing to that. And I think I had to recognize nothing is going to change. Like you need to shut it down. Yeah, I'm glad I never struggled with the news thing. Good. I've always felt like I've had to because of my job and because of you know what I teach that mm -hmm. I have to be somewhat aware of what is going of on to have events. a converse, conversation. Yeah. But I mean, during this period, I think people need to know some of the things like, hey, the governor said everyone when they go into a store needs to wear a mask now. Like that's helpful to know before you leave to go to the store. But as far as having it on all day, I mean, it, I was like bombarding myself in those first two weeks. Mm -hmm. Like what, what are they going to say that's yeah, new? That What's going to happen? Out, yeah, it does. Causes your mind to make up fears and. It's pointless. So I think turning things off was another thing that helped me. Yeah, limiting decrease. yourself on yeah. stuff, yeah, can really help. I make a choice. Like, I'm either going to watch the news in the morning or I'm going to watch it at night. And that is it. We're not doing both. Like, nothing is changing. They're saying the same thing that they just said in the morning. Yeah. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> that was also an improvement. That's good. What mm -hmm. else? Started playing guitar? I did. Yeah, right. started Jamming taking out. lessons. You want to do Mary a solo? We can plug um, it in. Probably not. <laughs> but yeah, you, know, you and Mary started playing. Yeah, yeah, we started playing guitar. That was new, and I kind of get lost in it, which is nice. Mm -hmm. You're only thinking about your hand, your what fingers on the next, frets, yeah. and what you're doing there. You're not thinking about anything outside of that. So that's been enjoyable. It's something I've wanted to do for a while, but have made the excuse that I didn't have time. Mm -hmm. That's good. Uh-huh. With the assistance of borrowing your guitar. Yeah. Yeah, that worked out. <laughs> yeah. No, that has definitely been enjoyable. You did do a puzzle. I did. Is there any yeah, puzzles Mary in the future? Game, Was that so. like a home run hitter for you? Or No, no. I think there's puzzles. To be honest with you, I went and looked for one, and they're Gone. at a premium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're at a premium. My mom's so. got a, a Mr. Rogers one at the house. She does? Yeah. She yeah. got a Rite Aid or something. Oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty goofy. But yeah, puzzles are at a premium. They're huh? at a premium. I went on right after Mary and I finished because we, I mean, hours went by. and While you were doing it? Yeah. yeah Mary was like, we have to eat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I enjoyed that. And You've been cooking a lot. I have been, mm -hmm. which is rare for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not a chef. but you're uh, You're kicking some ass in the kitchen there. Yeah, not anything that I planned for myself or hoped for myself <laughs> yeah, it seems like you're enjoying it somewhat yeah it's not under pressure yeah it's well that always know, helps too different. yeah and i really can't say like oh i worked today i mean i do i'm still working mm -hmm. but as far as that block of time where i'm gone so to speak uh, yeah it's a lot smaller 
the window is a lot smaller. You're also doing um, like playing trivia on Zoom with the family. Yeah. Right. That's a, that's yeah. a big thing. I will say, like, just a screen itself. I'm really over. Really? Just, yeah. yeah. Whatever screen it is, like, I just find myself like, ugh. Yeah, I can't believe it. I've spent so much time in front of a screen. I mean, everything I'm doing right now is in front of right. a screen. Whether it's learning, editing, I mean, everything. But I don't know. It hasn't really gotten to me. But you're on a screen all the time for work. I'm mm -hmm. not. No, I know. It's all being productive. but Right. I've read a lot more than I have in the past. I yeah, you've got books. some books out. Mm -hmm. Charles Manson book. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I had to step away and read about Buddha after that one. That one stuck yeah, what, with me for um, a long time. Yeah, what kind of like spiritual ones or what mental health ones or whatever are you reading that have been good? Uh, two of my favorite people that I've both watched and read a lot from, Peter Crone and Michael Beckwith, on the spiritual aspect, because both of them emphasize the uncertainty angle, mm -hmm. which is something what, I was struggling with. Yeah, so something fell... we really talked about in this episode. Mm -hmm. Correct. So both of whether it's been things that they've done online or things that they've put out in print, I've read a lot with both of them. I've read about our religious icons, our figures, oh, Jesus, yeah, right. Jesus, Muhammad, and I'm on Buddha now. Um, no ranking, but just <laughs> it's the yeah. order that I've gone. In no particular order. <laughs> in no particular order. Yeah. And then I've read some a lot of books outside of the spiritual aspect, but that's definitely is what I gravitate towards. So yeah. in my time that I have for reading when I put normal in quotes in normal times, I usually <laughs> gravitate towards all spiritual because that's where my interest goes. But now that I've had more time to read, I've brought done in some. my horizons again. Yeah. I've done some outside of that. Once again, though, a, a struggle is, you know, when I find myself for too long sitting there, I'm like, I got to get up and do something. I can't sit here and read this long. I got to get up just because that's can. me, even yeah. though I can correct. I just have that constant nagging of you got to be productive. Yeah. There's got to be something here you can do. You know, that mental checklist or to-do list of things. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm honestly the same way when it comes to being productive. Like I couldn't, it, it would be tough for me to spend a day doing nothing. Like, all right, I'm just going to hang out and spend a full day watching Netflix. That'd be tough for me to do too. I have to remind myself that I'm actually being productive sometimes because like when I'm learning a new skill on YouTube or whatever it is online, I sometimes have to remind myself, wait, this is like part of of your progress professional progression. Correct. And I have to remind myself that a lot too. But I think I would really I struggle to doing nothing for sure. That's a tough thing to do. Yeah. I've just been blessed to kind of have a little bit of work still. As far as like people, like, all right, yeah, can you do this project? Or, you know, I got that other one happening starting soon. So, I mean, that's kind of nice. I know a lot of people obviously aren't working at all, which right. is difficult, but it is. Yeah, people are, um, it's a, a strange time. I think people are really kind of struggling. I know I've had a lot of people I know just call me who have struggled or relapsed. Overdoses have gone up. So, like suicides have gone up. Mm -hmm. Suicide hotlines, I think, went up 300%, I heard. I don't know how accurate that statistic was, but I imagine, obviously, they went up a lot recently. One of the things that I've said to myself and to my students in all of this is it's not ideal. It's not what anyone planned for, so to speak. But how are you going to be better after this? 
how are you going to be a better human or make mm-hmm. make things better after this? Because that's really the only thing that you have any degree of control over. So how are you going to come out on the other side of this? Are you going to be angry and bitter and judging? And judging is one of the biggest things I've had to work on in all of this is catching myself with the actions of other people in all of this. You yeah. know, it goes back to the beginning of our conversation where no one knows anything. So when I see people packing beaches and I'm like, what assholes? <laughs> and, you know, talking about it, once again, no one knows anything about this. And I'm not in their experience. If I were them and experienced everything they did, maybe I would be sitting on the beach next to them. Like, yeah. take care of you. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? Make yourself better. As we've talked about several times, it's the only way. The only um, way. To better yourself, you better the you world. You better the world. Coming full circle. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I definitely think with some of my interests that I've branched out to into this that I'm working on me because I have time to work on me. Yeah. I, mean, I think I, I think everyone always should be. I feel like I always am, but you have no choice right now. No. No, I mean, you do, but no, the other one do. is right. to go crazy. Right. And I think a lot of a lot of people are struggling with that. So that's huge. Right. You got to share your experience on here. Because I think, yeah, a lot of people are. They're they're really struggling to get through this and to find out something to do to feel better and to I would think for a lot of people, I was listening to Michael back with the other day and he very simply said, You gotta like yourself when you're by yourself. And it sounds so stupid and simplistic, but if you don't, I mean, because in a lot of a lot of people are completely and totally isolated right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people aren't even like I said. So many people in recovery, like for them, life was just constantly going to a meeting or sometimes two meetings a day just to stay clean and stay sober and stay mentally fresh. And I feel like even that can be a distraction mm-hmm. because you're still not like people get out, stop using, and they just they do stuff like that and they don't end up working or changing anything in their individuality. So when now you're forced to be alone, you I mean you're gonna go crazy. Yeah. Cause there's so much guilt and shame and things you have yet to deal with. And I still believe to this day well that's really why relapses are so high because people just figure out how to stop using the drug and not change anything else as to why they were using. Right. And it kind of just goes back to that. Yeah, that but, makes sense. Yeah, so there's a lot of people struggling, a lot of people, you know, trying to figure out how to get through this. So thank you for sharing your story, baby. <laughs> You're welcome. And this was fun. As mm-hmm. always, it goes by super quick. So time it's crazy. time it goes. It moves. <laughs> it moves when you're having fun. But any final <laughs> departing words for people? I don't know. I think we said a lot. Here. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did cover a lot. We I did cover was, a lot. Uh, that was good. All right, baby. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>